Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, hello, Kansas location. Wow, God is so good to us. We are uh, so excited about what God's doing and uh, all that God's been saying to us. We are right now in the Little Rock location in the middle of uh, VBS, and uh, we have had a great time. I've had a good turnout from the beginning. Had three new kids last night. And uh, if if I uh, am correct, they they all three, I say if I'm correct, I know they all three prayed with me. I'm not certain if all three of them were not born again, but they all three prayed. And so, uh, you know, the Lord is so good to us. We're really having a good time as we learn how to be keepers of the kingdom. And so you keep praying for us. And we're believing that God is going to do some great things. And something that's just really made me joyful is this. Uh, you know, we, uh, uh, of course, are gearing up in September for the DeSoto Days uh, Festival that we're a part of every year and have been for I, I don't know how many years. But uh, Pastor Ron was in touch with the city and in touch with the, uh, the group there. And, uh, you know, we were inquiring uh, about having uh, the outreach there at the you know the church to 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 have a booth there and whatnot and and he was saying you know that's where we would like to do our our uh, our booth our vendor booth and they said well we really want all the vendors together and uh, Ron said well you know he said that's fine he said well you can you can use the church for parking and and they made a statement they said well what we really need is we need handicap parking. We're always short on handicap parking every year. And so Pastor Ron, of course, uh, uh, having the authority to do so, uh, he said to them, well, you can use our entire back parking lot for handicap parking if you want. It's right there by the sidewalk. I mean, uh, you know, it's right there. You can use it. And they were just overjoyed. My wife sent me their Facebook post and it was a, uh, a post that they had designed, their IT people had designed, and it was a big picture of our church, and uh, it, was, it, was, uh, it started out with a big thank you to gold sponsor, Faith Builders International. Well, they, our sponsorship was not a gold sponsorship. They, they moved us all the way up to the top of the sponsorship list uh, uh, for the event, and they had a big write-up about our church, and Pastor Ron said, I didn't give them any of that information. They did that. And they encouraged the whole community to come out to our church and to be a part of what God is doing because uh, uh, we're such a part of that community. I just want you to rejoice. I just want you to thank the Lord for that because that's the favor of God. The Bible says in the book of Acts that, that as they did what God told them, that they had favor with all the people. And I'm believing that's going to be uh, something that just continues uh, in the church. Amen. Let's go to Proverbs 29 and verse 18. I want to stay with this that we've been looking at, entitled Unity of Vision. And we spoke some along these lines on Sunday evening. 
And uh, of course, I know in Pastor Ron's times with you, he's been speaking on vision as well. And uh, the Lord spoke to me in 1996, the summer of 1996, and he said, the vision for your life and ministry is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Uh, at that point, I've said this throughout this series, God gave that vision to me, gave that vision to me and my wife and to our family that we were to build faith and frame worlds by the word of God in the ministry that he had called us to, understanding that at that point there was no cognition, no idea that pastoring was in my future. In 1999, the Lord spoke to me <coughs> after we had been pastoring the church there for a while, and he said, the vision of this church is to build people's faith and frame their worlds by the word of God. So at that point, God gave that vision to the church. So the vision of Faith Builders uh, Churches and Faith Builders Fellowship uh, is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. And of course, Proverbs 29, 18 says, where there is no vision, the people perish, the people run wild, the people cast off restraint. And we've made this statement, there's a reason that people perish without a vision, and the reason that that is is that the vision gives life to all that God has asked us to do. All right, the vision gives life to all that God has asked us to do. If you want a thing to die, you take the vision from it. I've heard my pastor say over the years, without a vision, a thing dies. With a vision, a thing lives, all right? If you want something to die, you just take away the vision. And, and where there is no vision, the people perish because the vision gives life. And the vision gives life because the vision is a heavenly directive. It's God's directive, God's plan, God's purpose for that church. Amen, that ministry, that whatever it is, amen. I remember one time uh, uh, knowing a businessman, and they started a business, and when they started that business, they shared with me what the Lord had told them, the purpose for that vision, for that, excuse me, for that business was, and the purpose for that business was to support the ministry, all right? <clears throat> now, of course, they were going to profit somewhat from it, but they said to me, that's, that's, that's the purpose of this ministry. And I watched that ministry, in the, or that ministry, that business in the early days. They did what they said their purpose was. They supported the ministry. They supported uh, uh, different things. And I watched that business just really get favor and it really um, began to take off. It wasn't astronomical, but it was just a consistent people coming to them, the favor of God, businesses coming to them, and wanting them to do things. And here's the thing. They had a vision to support the ministry. Now, I watched over the years as things seemingly got a little tight, and the first thing that happened was they quit supporting the ministry. And eventually, it got so hard-pressed in that business that they could not continue it in the fashion that it once was in. See, you take the vision from a thing, 
and it dies. It perishes. It's not there anymore. All right, because vision gives parameters. See, when, when a person starts a vision, a, a mission, a business, and they say this, they say the vision of this business is to do this. Uh, in, in that instance, support the church, support the ministry, support the gospel. Now, that becomes why that thing exists. It becomes why it exists. Now, think about this. If you try to exchange why it exists for something else, you take the power away from it because it exists for this. That's the vision. So a church, our church, build people's faith, frame people's worlds by the word of God. That's our heavenly directive. That's why we exist. That cannot, will not, <coughs> must not ever change. Amen. Whether I'm at the head of the ministry or after I go to my reward, if the rapture doesn't come, then whoever's taking the ministry over, I'm just telling them right now, they'll hear this <coughs> at some point in perpetuity. I want you to understand, here's what needs to be done. You need to pick up the vision of building people's faith and framing their world by the word of God and run with it, and the ministry will always be successful. Oh, hallelujah. Vision creates parameters. Vision is safety. Vision is solidity. A thing is solid. A thing is safe. A thing has parameters with vision. In Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2, it says, Write the vision, make it plain upon tables, that he may run that reads it. Write, inscribe the vision, make it plain, make it distinct, make it clear. Now, there's one reason to write the vision, so that the one reading it can run with it. Hallelujah. So we see this unity of vision, one writing the vision and one running with the vision. Now, <clears throat> in 1 Corinthians 1 and 10, We're going to spend some time with this concept that we see here in 1 Corinthians tonight. And um, notice we've been reading these verses, but notice it says, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment, that you all speak the same thing. One translation says that you have uniformity in testimony. So notice that speaking the same thing results in there being no divisions. 
no schisms, no factions. All right? Understand why that word is so important. Because factions, schisms, divisions, all right, if, if you think about the word division, at the, at the root of that, the core of that word is divide. Divide. All right? Uh, when you're dealing with uh, uh, military formations, they have divisions, right? Where, where they're separate groups. I mean, now in the sense of the military, they're all fighting for the same vision, but here's my point. It's a dividing, a faction. When you talk about factions, you think of political factions, the right, the left, the independent, the moderate, all right? And, 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 and there's no unity. There's no unity because there's not, a one, there's not one common vision. Think about this. If every political party would get one common vision and put America first, that would settle the whole thing. You could get things done. You could cause things to happen. Because everybody's vision is to put America first, right? What, what I disagree with you about, I can, I can put that to, to the side to get the vision done. And Paul says, brothers, if you're speaking the same thing, there won't be any divisions among you. Oh, Hallelujah. See, there won't be any divisions among you. And, and what were some of the divisions? Well, that people were saying, well, I'm of Paul, and I'm of Apollos, and I'm of Peter, all right? And, and so they, they, were, they were making those divisions. Well, Paul is my spiritual father, uh, Peter's my spiritual father. Apollos is my spiritual father. And, and Paul makes it very plain. He says, uh, as he, he writes on here, and he says, uh, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized in the name of Paul? He said, no. What, what, what is he saying? The vision is Christ. Not I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, I'm of Cephas. But we're all of Christ. Hallelujah. This results in the body being perfectly joined together in the same mind. Everybody in the church is thinking, build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. Build faith and frame worlds by the word of God. Amen. And, and you know, very often, People will teach along these lines, and they'll, they'll use it in the most negative sense. You know, this means that if you're asked to do something that you don't like, uh, you know, you got the vision, and, and so if you've got the vision, you'll do things even that you don't like. Well, I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. But here's what I do agree with. There'll be times that it takes all hands on deck. All right? All hands on deck. And if it takes all hands on deck then everybody with the vision just gets on deck. I, I may not to do, get to do exactly what I want when it's all hands on deck. 
I remember my pastor talking about uh, being in the Navy during the Cuban Missile Crisis, and they were down shelling Guantanamo Bay in Cuba, and uh, they were on wartime alert, all right, wartime alert, and he said they were in their gun mounts eight hours on and eight hours off, all right, eight hours on and eight hours off, wartime alert. Well, you know, uh, you think about that. You got to be in that gun mount eight hours a day, whether you want to or not. <coughs> well, here's the thing. When he signed up for the United States Navy, he gave himself to the United States Navy for two years. I'm going to be a Navy shipman for two years. What does that mean? There is a chain of command in the Navy. There's a chain of command that I have to follow. And if they come to me and they say, you have to be in your gun mount eight hours, then I've got to be in my gun mount eight hours. Why? Because of the vision of what we're trying to accomplish. I may not want to be there currently. Uh, it may not be my most comfortable position, but it's what needs to happen for right now. In any church, in any, any, any body of Christ, there's going to be those busy seasons. I mean, when everybody is just on it, we are just constantly going, 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 going. That's when you focus on the vision. We're building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. We're, we're raising up this spiritual production center, producing life, city, state, nation, and world. <coughs> we're raising up a distribution center of the Word of Faith. Amen. Distributing the Word of Faith to people. And this is what has to happen, right? See, that takes the divisions out of it. Because this is what we've got to do. There are no factions in the church. All right? There are no, are no divisions in the church when you have a common vision. Oh, hallelujah. Same thinking comes from the same vision. I, I can't think the same without the same vision. The Good Speed translation of this verse says, to agree in what you say. To agree in what you say. See, vision enables a body to maintain unity. Why? Common vision, common goal. All right? You take a sports team, for example. They have many different personalities on a sports team. Yet, the good teams have one common goal. What? Win. Win. And so, the coach has to place the different personalities in their place while communicating the common vision. The personalities may be different. The vision is the same. Now, in the, in the natural world, the sports world, they'll do it for a ring. They'll do it for more money. They'll do it for recognition. We're doing it to further the gospel. We're doing it to make sure that we are in a position to do everything that God wants us to do 
and the way that God wants us to do it. Oh, hallelujah. My pastor always says, I would hire people, show them what they needed to do. Then he would always say this, communicate the vision and allow them to work according to their personalities within the confines of the vision. Oh, hallelujah. Do do you see that? Now, there's so many things that we could get into there, but here's what I want you to see. What's the important thing in that statement? Communicate the vision. (coughs) And then they may have a person that, listen, I, I, I know people that lead different than me. And, and that's fine. I, there, there are things I have to work on. I'm not a micromanager. I try to communicate the importance of what we're doing, communicate the importance of our vision, and let people work. If, if there's anywhere that I get into trouble, is, is at, at times I'm not, I don't look over people's shoulder enough. I mean, that's changing, but you understand. We're all growing. But here's the thing, communicate the vision. <coughs> Amen. If, if I sit down, if I sit down with somebody and I say, okay, I'm putting you in charge of follow-up of our newcomers, people that come to our church the first time, and this is what I would like to see and this is why, all right? When, when, when a person comes to our church, and, and they fill out that newcomer's card, and they fill out that newcomer's packet, and, and, and we're, we're going to get to the place where before 24 hours is up, we've contacted them again, and let them know how much we appreciate them. So I sit down, and I communicate that vision to that person. I say the vision of our church, of our fellowship, is to build people's faith and to frame their world by the Word of God. Now, these people have come to our church, and they were evidently searching for some help, searching for the Word of God, wanted a place to go, all right? And so we want to make sure that we make it easy for them to return, right? I I want to take every obstacle away from them being able to come back and to return. So here's what I want you and your department to do. All right, you take those newcomer cards, and, and you don't wait until Monday morning, all right? You sort them out Sunday afternoon, amen, and you make a phone call by Sunday evening and you let that person know, we sure appreciated you being in service with us today. And you call them by their name and you let them know how much we appreciate them. And then you ask this question, did you enjoy the cookies that we left on your porch? Because right after church, we had cookies going to their house. You see where my vision for this is? Now, I'm communicating this with this person, and I'm saying you're going to be the first contact that they have. Your team's going to be the first contact that they have after a Sunday morning service. They're still going to be thinking about the service and the word that they heard, and they're going to hear a knock on the door, and they're going to see a basket of cookies left there with a note telling them how much we appreciated them coming to church. You are the first contact with the person after they've come to our church for the first time on a Sunday morning. You are helping us continue to build their faith and frame their world by the Word of God. You didn't quote a Bible verse. You didn't teach them. You didn't preach them, but you were the hands and the feet of 
of Jesus and you spoke life to them and showed them love by going to their house and bringing them a basket. Now, who wouldn't want to be a part of that department? Hallelujah. Because you're communicating the vision. Will there be challenges in that department? Yes. There will be people that didn't enjoy the service and they're going to let you know. Hallelujah. There will be people that don't want the basket of cookies that we try to put on their doorstep. Amen. But they'll be few and far between. If you focus on the vision, it doesn't matter who didn't enjoy the service. It doesn't matter who didn't want the gift. But you're communicating the vision. Communicating the vision. Oh, hallelujah. I, uh, you know, we're right in the middle of VBS, and please understand, uh, y'all know me, I am neck deep in VBS, neck deep. I am so involved, I am so involved that involved folks think I'm involved. Amen, I'm in the dramas, I'm in the opening skit, the closing skit, I'm teaching one of the sessions, Amen. I got, I got some of my pastoral staff. They're all doing drama with me. So here, here's my point. Here's my point. I love children's ministry. I've said over and over again, if, I, if, I, if God hadn't called me to be a lead pastor and plant churches, I'd be somewhere being a children's pastor. That's just, I love it. But here's the point. Here's why I'm saying this. I hear so many people talk about how children's ministry is so thankless. I have never told anybody that children's ministry was thankless. Children's ministry is the most gratifying ministry that there is. Amen. I was sitting in a class last night. I was sitting in class last night, and we had the, the three new children that had come. And there was a, a, a young man sitting over there, a fine young man. And, and, and I was talking about the two kingdoms, the good kingdom and the bad kingdom, and how you get out of the bad kingdom and get in the good kingdom and the price that was paid. And he was looking through the little Bible, the little book that I had given him, and, and he was following along. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden I saw his eyes. They opened up, and they got bright. And he said, you get into the good kingdom by trusting Jesus. And I knew he'd never seen that before. He'd never seen that before. And, and, and about five minutes later, we were all able to pray. And him and all the kids that came with him all closed their eyes and asked Jesus into their heart. Now, everybody in the room prayed. But here's what I'm trying to explain to you. How could that ever be thankless? How could that ever be thankless to see that kind of reaction to the gospel of Jesus Christ? To see that kind of reaction to the things of God? See, you communicate the vision. You don't just communicate the good parts. There are going to be challenges in children's ministry. You're going to have that kid that throws a fit. You're going to have that kid that you're trying to help and he vomits all over you. You're going to have that kid that, that, that just, right? But you're also going to have all those children that get a hold of the Word of God 
and it changes their life forever. And I tell my children's ministers all the time, you are in charge of building their faith and framing their world by the word of God. And you may be the only person who has ever told them anything about Jesus. And that child will be able to say that there were very very many people that introduced them to other things in their life, but they will, no one will ever be able to say, but you children's minister, that you introduced them to the Lord Jesus Christ and made a difference in an eternal soul. Who wouldn't want to be a part of that department? Communicate the vision and let people work according to their personality. Am I helping you? Vision produces unity. Acts chapter 2. <coughs> Excuse me. And of course, this is on the day of Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost was fully come, Acts 2.1, they were all with one accord in one place. They are all noticed in one accord. The word accord is one passion or one mind. So they were all there with a common vision. What was the common vision? Go into Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. Now notice this. Waiting was not the vision. Or tarrying, as we were brought up, tarry. Got a Terry. Terrian wasn't the vision. The vision was wait for the promise of the Father. Now, there are people that will say, and I've heard people say that, unity was not the reason the Holy Ghost was poured out. It's because it was the promise of the Father. Listen, the Holy Ghost did arrive because he was the promise of the Father. But Scripture gives us and shows us how we're to pursue what God has promised with one passion and one mind. That's how we're to pursue it. They were there in one accord, one passion and one mind. So everybody in our church, everybody in DeSoto, everybody in Little Rock, everybody in the fellowship, when we come to church, we're there with one passion and one mind. Build people's faith, Frame their world by the word of God. That's why we're here. Amen. AV shows up and says we're here to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Amen. Ushers show up. We're here to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Greeters, build their faith. Frame their world by the word of God. Everybody, media department, kids department, youth department, everybody, we're here to build their faith and frame their world by the word of God because that's what we are. We are faith builders. See, it's not who gets to speak, who gets to sing, who gets to be seen. It's who is in line with the vision, who's in unity. If, you, if you're in unity, let me help you with this. If you're in unity, your gifts and callings and anointings are much, are much more readily noticeable because there's nothing between you and the discernment of the leader. Amen. I, I've seen people in my church, in my churches, and I, and I got to be careful because 
You say certain things and people go, oh, is that me? It's, it's, it's nobody that I'm preaching to tonight, I assure you. But I've had people in, in my churches, every time they come to talk to me about anything, it's always about them, their ministry, what God's called them to do, their anointing, how they could help me with their anointing, how they could help me with their ministry. And it's never, Pastor, I, I just want to get in here and get behind the vision. How can I do that? Amen. Because if you're not laboring in the vision, you're not laboring with me. And the best way that I can get to know you naturally and spiritually is to labor together in the Father's vineyard with you. But if you're not laboring in the vision, we're not laboring together. Hallelujah. I mean, you might be here, but you got your own thing going on. Now, I'm not talking about somebody that comes to visit. I've got a lot of people that come to visit. I got a brother that comes every, about every Sunday night, and he'll let me know. He let me know straight up from the beginning. Now, I'm a member of this other church, but they don't have church on Sunday night, and I like to go to church on Sunday night. So he's plain about where he belongs. Amen. I've got friends that come to our church. When, when, when they're in town, they come about every Wednesday night, but they have another church that they go to. Hallelujah. But here's, here's what I'm saying. If you say, I'm your pastor, if you say, I'm your leader, if you say, I'm the one God called you to, then, then it's not, I'm going to labor in another vineyard, and I want to be used here. Your labor has to be where you're getting fed. And when your labor is where you're getting fed, now you're in the vision. Glory. Now look at Acts 2. And you're right there in verse 46 and 47. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, ate their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Praising God, having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. One translation says, and daily giving attendance with one intent. Hallelujah. So, see, I'm to come to church for one reason. Yes, to get fed. Yes, to be strengthened. But yes, to contribute to the vision. What did their unity produce? Number one, gladness. That word gladness, I love that word because it means extreme joy. Woo! Extreme joy. In their unity, there was extreme joy. Now, now why is there extreme joy in unity? Because it's a group of people all working for the common purpose. Not being made to do it. Not being a force, but doing it because they love the Lord, number one. They love each other, number two. And they're committed to the vision. Hallelujah. And then, this is so important. 
singleness of heart. Singleness of heart. That word, when you look at it, it means smoothness or simplicity. And that, that can be kind of blind to us. But I want you to understand this. As I studied this out, I began to see something. The idea expressed in that word singleness is that you won't stub your foot on a rock because the path you'll be walking is so smooth. So the result of a common vision is smoothness and simplicity. You know how simple things are when all you're doing is going after the vision? Simple. Simple. I'm just going after the vision. When I, when I travel with my pastor, there, 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 is, there are no uh, uh, complicated things. I have a job. Take care of him. Help him. If, if we have a, 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 a product table, that's the bulk of my responsibilities. And gathering up his stuff, helping him get where he needs to go. And then, for instance, when we went to the CFI conference in Washington, D.C., uh, I was talking to him and, uh, on the plane, and I said, Pastor, what are your requirements for me this week? What do you need from me? And he outlined what he needed from me. He said, I, I need you to help me in the hotel. I need you to be ready to assist me uh, when I go to these places and I do these things. And he said, when we're at the banquets, he said, I'll be sitting at the head table and you will be sitting at the table behind me. I've told them that you need to be able to see me in case I need you. So what was my job? What was my vision for that week? Be available. I told somebody, I said, you know, even... For instance, and I don't want to bore you with this, but it's important that you see this where vision is concerned. See, my vision is to be available for him. And so we were there, and I believe it was Tuesday, and he had a, a board meeting with the board of CUFI. And uh, there was a lot of other things going on. It was the day that all the members go up to Capitol Hill and, and uh, visit with their uh, representatives. And uh, I... I did a little bit of that, but here's the thing. I told somebody, I said, you know, even though I knew he was going to be gone all day at the board meeting, I still had to be up before him. See, I have to be up before him and ready before him because I got to take care of him. Does that make sense? And so if he rings my room at 7 o'clock and says, you know, I need this or we need to be ready to do this, I have to be ready to go. I, I, I can't say, well, Pastor, I haven't showered yet. I'm not ready. Let me press my trousers, whatever. I, I'm ready, Pastor. I'm ready. Whenever you're ready, I'm ready. Well, that particular day, all I had to do was accompany him to uh, uh, a certain place, and then he was gone for the board meeting all day from around 10 o'clock in the morning until almost 6 o'clock that evening. 
But here's the thing. I had to stay dressed in my tie, in my jacket, in my proper clothing because I didn't know when he was going to call me. And then I got a text from one of the people uh, 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 that were in contact with Pastor, and one of our representatives from Arkansas had fell sick and was not able to go to French Hill's office, and so they shot me the text. So I had to go grab a shuttle real quick and, and run up to Capitol Hill and go visit Mr. French Hill's office. Now, I'm telling you this for a reason. Why would I not just take time and get comfortable and just relax? Because that's not the vision. The vision is not relax. The vision is be ready. Does that make sense? And when you understand that, it's smooth. You don't stumble. You don't stub your foot. Because the vision makes it smooth. Oh, that's easy. Build faith and frame worlds by the Word of God. We, we've been running over that road for 25 years. All the bumps are smoothed out of that road. Anybody can come in and just start building faith and framing worlds by the Word of God. Amen. Am I helping you? Uh, Acts chapter 4 and verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all the chief priests and elders had said to them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, You are God that's made heaven, earth, the sea, and all that in them is. Notice they went to their own company. I like that because it's their own, that one translation says, their own group of friends people that they were in unity with, and they lifted up their voice in one accord. William says, with one united prayer to God. Another translation says, they raised their voices to God in unity of spirit. The NEB says, they raised their voices as one man and called upon God. Now listen, in order to achieve this level of unity in a time of crisis, they had to be practicing that unity consistently. <clears throat> Are you with me? You don't accidentally do anything spiritually. I remember Pastor Nancy Dufresne. She said the Lord told her in 2011 to begin to practice peace and to deal with any thought that was not a thought of peace. And she said for, uh, uh, she started doing that. And two years later, she said, when my children came to me and told me uh, that their father's plane had went down, my husband's plane had went down. Now listen, this is so important. She said, I didn't have to try to find that place of peace. I just went to that place of peace because I'd been practicing it. Amen. Do you see that? To operate in spiritual things, you have to be practicing those spiritual things. When you see somebody that something happens to them and they're just not moved, they've been practicing not being moved. 
when you see somebody and something bad happens or they're under pressure, but you see them saying, Lord, thank you. I praise you, Father. I worship you. I glorify you. I thank you, Lord. Lord, Father, you're so good to me that they don't just do that. That's something they practice consistently. To have this level of unity in a time of crisis, they had to be practicing that unity consistently. Where there's unity of purpose and vision, there is stronger response by the body to adversity. There's stronger response by the body to adversity. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see that? If, if you want in a church to consistently overcome and consistently help your brother and sister overcome, consistently walk in unity. Consistently stay with the vision. Consistently consistently, and you will consistently respond stronger to adversity. I'll I'll close with this. If you think about the marriage relationship, you know, Pastor Michelle and I, when uh, early in our marriage, we made a decision that our children would never pull us apart. Understand what I mean by that. I don't mean that bad. I understand what I mean by that. In, in other words, uh, if I was correcting a child and Pastor Michelle disagreed with something that I did or said, she never disagreed with me in front of the child. She might talk to me back in the in the bedroom and she say, "Sweetheart." I think that you might have been a little heavy-handed with him or with her. Or I don't think you got enough information. Now, now that'll help you because you got to learn to respond right to her in private. But here, here's my point. We both did that. That we're, we're, we're not going to be torn apart and pulled apart because why? Now listen, Why? Because we are mom and dad, yes, but first of all, we're husband and wife. Now, you got you to think about this. What came first? The marriage. Now, in most cases, now, for instance, in our case, we were married with a ready-made family, but I'll, I'll tell you just from most cases, the marriage produced the child. Is that right? And so what was produced out of the marriage should never be allowed to negatively impact the marriage. And that's why I've told people for years, if you have a child-centered marriage, you're going to have a bad marriage. You're going to have a rough marriage because you're, you're taking the marriage and catering to that child and the marriage is designed for the husband and the wife to cater to each other and the child becomes a part of that union, a very important part of that union, but not the reason for the union. The reason for the union is the love between the husband and the wife. 
Oh, hallelujah. Now, I'm closing with that because I want you to see. The church is the product of the vision. The vision is what God gave, and the church is the product of that vision. And so you don't shortchange the vision to try to please the church. The church cooperates with the vision. And what do you have? Unity. And when you have unity, you have strength. And when you have unity, you can respond to adversity. And when you have unity, you have blessings. And when you have unity, you have victory. Hallelujah. Say it out of your mouth right now. Say the vision of our church is to build people's faith and frame their world by the word of God. Well, stand on your feet, everybody. We're so excited about what God is doing.